Hey, good morning, Crestview family. Thank you for coming to worship with us today. So glad to have you on this uh, dreary Sunday morning outside, but in here, the light of the Lord's always shining. Excites me. Um, just a few things to get you guys going through. A few announcements. Um, uh, Mr. Whitegreen said Tuesday, weather permitting, the plan is to work out here at the church. So anybody who could come out and help with that. Um, also, don't forget, uh, we have breakfast coming up this next Saturday. That first Saturday of the month rolls around real quick. Um, there's a few things in there. There's something in here about graduation recognition. Uh, the date has been changed on that. Uh, didn't make it to the bulletin in time. Um, I'm, I think I've got, if there's somebody graduating that I don't know about, please come talk to me and let me know. Uh, I think I've got all that under control, though. Um, there's a thing in here about the youth. We're going to have a camp out the creek on uh, May, uh, Friday, May 19th, uh, 6 o'clock at night, 9 o'clock at morning. Um, and so here's the thing about a camp out the creek. If they have anybody who would like to, um, anybody adult-wise who would like to come hang out with us at the creek, uh, I need uh, volunteers that night. Um, you know, we have, we're going to have boys and girls camping. I need uh, at least a couple male and female volunteers. So uh, anytime, anybody who would like to just come spend the night at the creek and hang out. and it's, it's, Everybody likes to sleep on the ground, right? Yeah, that's right. So that's a fun thing. Uh, just don't forget about our Wednesday night service this week. And uh, I don't think I have any more announcements. Miss Sandra does. And then after that, we'll go to the Lord and we will worship Him. First of all, all you that attended the tea yesterday, uh, what, what a great day it was. So thank you all that came. And uh, we are still collecting items for hospice. So anytime that you would like to contribute to that, um, you can just lay it on my desk or see any of the ladies in the uh, WMU. So thank you for that. Uh, and you know what they say, payback is rough. So a couple of Sundays ago, Artie recognized me for being here for 13 years. Guess what? <laughs> it's my turn. <laughs> April the 19th, 14 years ago, Artie came to our church. So I get a few moments to say a few words, so I'm sorry, our guest speaker, if you only have about five minutes left, because <laughs> I have a lot to say about Artie. <laughs> I'm not going to roast him today. That's another day. But we, we are appreciative to Artie. Artie, we know you love this church. We know you love the people. We know you love the Lord. We know where your heart is. We know how much you do. We know that you will do whatever we ask. So we were blessed. We are still blessed. And uh, our church just wants to give you a little gift. And this might buy one meal for Timothy. So <laughs> but already come on up here. And this is just a small token of our appreciation. So we love you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and now you can stay and lead us in prayer. <laughs> okay. 
I was, I was sitting there thinking, I said, she said she's not going to roast me, but that would make it different than any other Sunday <laughs> if you didn't do that. So you got to okay. say something. I have said before, Artie knows I love him because I have told him he needs to trim that beard. He needs to wear his suit. I mean, I have, I have told him just like a big sister, not mama, like a big sister would do her brother that she loved. But we, we, we have disagreed on so many items, but when we walk away, we hug and we tell each other we love each other. So I do love you. And just like a little brother to a big sister, I told her no. So uh, just a, a clarification on Chad's announcement about the camping trip. Just to put a little bit of emphasis, I know from being in his spot what it's like to do overnight. If he does not get volunteers, chaperones to stay the night, they cannot do this. It's not fair to put Chad in that position and not fair to put our youth in that position where there's not enough chaperones to spend the night. So uh, please, if you are able and willing to spend the night camping, see Chad ASAP because this is only coming up. We've only got a couple of weeks before this is supposed to take place. So please volunteer for that. Also, if you're not aware, our website, our new website is up and running. Our new online giving is up and running. And it is all accessible through our same URL. CrestviewBaptistShelby.com. That's not changed. Just the website and the online giving has changed. All of that is up and running, so check that out, and you'll see all the information there. Also, I want to say thank you. We do have a special guest, and I'll be introducing them just a little bit later, but um, we are so grateful to be here because, you know what? It doesn't matter if we're here or not. God is still God, and Jesus is still Jesus, and Jesus is alive no matter what you see on the news or in movies or anything else. Jesus is still alive, and Jesus is in, still in the, the, the life-changing business, and he will ever, forever be that way until he comes back to get us, and I know he's going to do that because he promised, and he's not fail, he's not. Not, not kept a promise yet that he's made. So as we join together and begin our time of worship today, please join me in prayer. Dear Lord, we come before you humbly bowing before your throne. Dear Lord, I personally thank you for this church. I thank you for the freedom that we have to worship you. The freedom that I have to preach your word unashamedly that I do not have to compromise what the word says that I can preach it as truth because dear Lord it is the truth you dear Lord are the rock you are our chief cornerstone and you are the reason that we are a church dear Lord and I thank you for that Dear Lord, as we come together as your people this morning, to gather together, may your Holy Spirit move among us. May your Holy Spirit convict. May your Holy Spirit empower. Dear Lord, I pray for the Gar Garlocks today as they bring us a message about their upcoming trip 
are there upcoming missions to Japan? Lord, I ask that you use them in a mighty way, that you speak through them today. That today, dear Lord, the gospel of Jesus Christ will be proclaimed. That lives will be changed forever. And dear Lord, whether it's the songs we sing or the, the children's message that Chad brings or through Brandon and Abby, that, that you re receive all the honor and glory for it all. Dear Lord, as we begin our worship time, dear Lord, please take away every thought about anything else going on from our minds so that we can fully concentrate on you this morning and that we will be able to praise your name. And when we leave this place, people will know that we have been in the presence of God Almighty. Bless this time that we have together. And it's in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our living Savior, we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we worship our risen Lord and Savior through our singing? Hymn number four, To God Be the Glory. We'll sing verses one and three, and then we will have our time of worshiping through giving through our gifts of tithes and offerings. Hymn number four.
Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the opportunity that we have to give back to you a small portion that you have blessed us with. I pray that you will bless these gifts and tithes. Bless the giver. For it is your holy name that we pray. Amen. <laughs> Would you stand again as we sing 581. We have heard the joyful sound that Jesus saves. Page 581. <laughs> First one down here. Hey, Jackson. All right, guys. Today is my day. It is the day I've been waiting for in children's sermons. The day I get to talk about wrestling with you guys. You guys know I love wrestling. You got anybody here ever watch wrestling? What happens in wrestling? Two people go at it, and who usually wins? Who usually wins when we win in wrestling? The stronger one or the weaker one? The stronger one usually wins. Well, I'm really not going to talk about wrestling. I'm going to talk about a guy named Jacob. There was a guy named Jacob, and he spent an entire night wrestling with an angel of God. And after the entire night of wrestling, God's angel told Jacob to walk away. Jacob left the wrestling match with a new name and a limp. He did. He left the wrestling match with a new name and a limp. And so, what I want to tell, what I want you guys to think about is, there's going to be times in life where you're going to try to wrestle with God. Raise your hand if you ever think you'd try to wrestle with God. You will. I promise you. I've done it before. But preacher Artie's done it before. God's going to tell you to do something. This guy right here, maybe he's wrestled with God before. You're going to hear from him in a little bit. They're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're leaving what they've got, and they're going on a mission journey, and you'll hear all about it. I don't want to spoil it for you, so I'm going to let you listen. But listen, God's going to tell you to do something in your life. It may be to be a missionary. It may be to teach a Sunday school class. It may be to go be a preacher. It may be to go be a school teacher. And you're just like, oh, I don't want to be a school teacher. I don't want to do that. But see, whatever it is, when God gives you that thing in life, it's probably not going to be what you've got set out for your life. Let's see. 
Peyton, what do you want to be when you grow up? You want to be a truck? What do you want to be? Thomas, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, Thomas wants to be a monster truck driver. But what if that's not what God has planned for you? Are you going to fight with God about it? No. I bet. Say, listen, when I had plans growing up, and uh, I, I, I did more than fight with God. I ran from God for years, not about my salvation, but about doing what he wanted me to do with life. But here's the thing, and, and here I am today. I work with kids like 90% of my week I spend with kids because... It's what God wanted me to do in my life. So what I want to give you guys an encouragement to do is as you grow older, as you grow older, sometimes you're going to, at some point in time in your life, you're going to have to submit. That means when you give up. Submit means to give up. Can you say submit? So you're going to have to submit to God. And the earlier in life you decide to do it, the easier your life's going to go. So just like Jacob wrestled with God, you guys are maybe wrestle with God one day about what he wants you to do. But what I want to encourage you to do is trust in God and allow him to be in control of your life and put you where he wants you to be, okay? All right, we're going to pray, and I'm going to let you guys go sit back down with your families, okay? All right, we're, we are going to stay in here today, and we're going to listen to this missionary, okay? I got something for you. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for these boys and girls that are here. Lord, as we go through life and as we grow older, Lord, help us to not wrestle with you and to allow you to be in control of our life and put us on the path that you would have us be on. All this we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen.
The Garlocks, Brandon and Abby, we met them when Ginger was working as a TA in kindergarten, and their eldest son, Phineas, was in her class. And they are the reason we started getting farm animals. They gave us our first five chickens, a rooster that we named Big Ben and four hens, and that started our journey with all the critters that we have at our house or around our house, so thank you. But uh, Brandon actually spoke to me, came and met with me a couple of years ago when he was in school. He had to do some interviews, and, and he came and spoke to me. Then about a month or so ago, he uh, contacted me again and told me what they were doing and he wanted to come and talk to me, what they felt God leading them to do. And he wanted to come talk to me and, and wanted to know if it'd be possible to share their story with the church. Brandon's got a, a great testimony and a testimony about how faithful his wife was during that time as well and her faith. And... I want to read a scripture for you. This is not what they're going to be speaking, but if you would stand and we're going to, because what he's going to be talking about is this very thing. 
You know, you guys know this is one of my favorite passages. I talk about it all the time, but Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. This is called the what? The Great Commission. But this is what Matthew writes, having recorded this. These, if, you, if your Bible is like mine, these words are in red, which means this is what Jesus said. Actual record, record of what Jesus spoke to his disciples. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Church, this is not just a command to his disciples, those 12. This is not just a command to pastors. This is not just a command to missionaries. This is a command to all of us that call Jesus Christ our Savior, that we are to go out and make disciples. But as Brandon and Abby come and share, I pray that you will listen to their words about what God has called them to do. So Brandon and Abby, if you guys would come. Am I on? Okay. Well, it's good to be here with you. We're so happy to, be, be, to share our story, our journey. And um, I just have to say this. First off, it was so wonderful to hear a choir. Um, we've been to a lot of churches. This is the first time we've come to a church where there's an, an active choir right now. And for a lot of reasons, COVID has kind of decimated that ministry. But it is so good. And it is a ministry. And so... Thank you for that. Thank you for your service, the way that you raise the name of Jesus Christ and glorify him. Um, if my opinion matters at all, I say, Artie, do not shave your beard. Do not trim it. I love it. All right? That's a man's man right there. Um, but we're going to go ahead and start with another scripture. It comes from Romans chapter 10. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Right, and at this time we'll pray. This is a covenant prayer. So if you'll bow your head and pray with me. I am no longer my own, but yours. 
Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praised for you or criticized for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to your glory and service. And now, O oh wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. And can we get that first slide up there, please? Okay. So we are the Garlocks. Um, we are here to talk about missions to Japan. But first, and can I get the next slide, I want to introduce you to somebody. This here is Yoshie Suzaki. Yoshie Suzaki was born in Nagasaki, Japan, and she married an American soldier after World War II, and she moved to the United States with that American soldier and began a family. Now, while she was here, a pastor came knocking at her door. She answered the door, and he quickly realized that she couldn't speak English very well. So he went, and he ran, and he found a Japanese Bible. I don't know where he found it without Amazon. But he found a Japanese Bible. He brought it back to her, and he kind of pointed, you know, start here. She began to read the Gospels. And although she couldn't understand English, she couldn't understand someone preaching to her or speaking to her, she had the Word of God in her own language. And as she read it, she saw her own need for Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. Now, she was a devout Buddhist, and her whole family was also Buddhist. So when she found faith in Jesus Christ, and she tried to share it with her family, they disowned her. She was not able to share Jesus with them, and she had very little contact with her family for the rest of her life. Can I get the next slide, please? So we are the Garlocks, and like Yoshie, we too have a heart for the people of Japan and a desire to share the good news of the gospel with them. Um, so on the slide, you can see our daughter Penelope. She's with us today. She's in the eighth grade at Pinnacle Classical Academy. Um, our son, Phineas, is a graphic design major at Gardner-Webb University. He is a freshman this year. Um, and then, of course, I'm Abby, and this is my husband, Brandon. So I would like to share a little bit of my testimony with you today. Um, I was fortunate, like many of you probably were, to grow up in the church. My family went to church every Sunday. They made sure I was at church every Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday evening. Um, my dad very much encouraged us to read the Bible and just to think about God's Word and what that meant for our lives. When I was seven years old, I made the decision to accept Jesus, and I was baptized. 
Um, like many of our children here today, I was um, in church listening to the messages, listening to the choir. Um, and as a child, I remember being captivated by missionaries that came to my church, um, Brad and Lori Stamey. Um, they were missionaries to Russia, and that was just fascinating to me. Um, they offered to write letters, and I soon engaged in writing letters with them um, and just enjoyed getting those letters, even though sometimes it took months to get a letter to, to and from Russia. It was always um, very inspirational to me. When I became a teenager, I continued my interest in other cultures and languages. I was homeschooled, and I asked my mom if I could start studying different languages, and of course she said yes. Um, I started with German, and then after working through that book, started next with Japanese. Um, and at the time, I remember my mom saying, why Japanese? And I said, I don't know. I just think that would be something interesting to learn. Um, of course, now looking back, I can see how God had his hand on this journey from the time that I was very young. I was also involved in youth ministries as a teenager, and I remember um, one of the, the, the sermons one day sitting in the pew and just feeling like God was calling me to missions. Um, I wasn't sure what that would look like. I remember being a little bit afraid. Um, I really didn't feel a call to go anywhere specifically, but I do remember telling God that, yes, I, you know, I'll go where you call me, um, and just prayed and prayed that it wouldn't be somewhere that was uh, too dangerous or too hot. Um, but after that, really, I never felt God say go. And so I accepted that. I remember being a little disappointed that I never felt like God said, I want, I want you to go to Africa or I want you to go to India. But then I do remember a pastor saying, you can be a missionary right where you are, okay, by spreading the gospel. And I thought, well, maybe that's what God meant for me. God wants me just to stay where I am and spread the good news to the people I work with or come in contact with. Um, of course, now looking back, I can see that this has been a long journey. Uh, much of the time between my call and Brandon's call, I think, was God just growing us in our faith, getting us both ready. But I do know that that call from the time when I was a teenager is why it's been so easy for me to sell our home, um, to consider giving up a career, and just um, pursuing God's call in our lives to go serve the people of Japan. Yeah. So... I grew up in the church as well, like probably most of you, and um, I, I went to church on Sundays, on Wednesday nights, um, and then I was a troublemaker on the weekends. I mean, big time troublemaker on the weekends. Um, when I was in high school, my dad uh, moved us down here to North Carolina. I was actually originally from Indiana, and that's where I met Abby in high school. And we began dating, and it was very clear to me from the beginning that her faith was, like, so important to her. It was at the center of her life, and it really affected me. Um, but after high school, we got married almost immediately, very young, 19 years old, and we began to have a family. And so it was very important to Abby, especially, that we raise our children in the church. So we were in church every Sunday, and I was there every Sunday. But I could not, would not bring myself to a place of true repentance. I would not surrender my life to God. I heard the message, and I knew it was good. But I couldn't figure out how to apply it to my life. I couldn't figure out how to invite God in to change my life. And as a result, throughout most of my 20s, um, I was chronically, severely depressed. 
I was on depression medication. I became an alcoholic. I drank every day. I drank heavily to try to get rid of the feelings I had. I was in a very, very dark place. And I remember one day talking to Abby about my addictions and my depression, and I remember having this conversation with her. And I asked her, you know, why, why, why can't I let go of my alcoholism? Why can't I, I, I wanted to, I tried. And she said to me, she said, it's like you're in the room here with me, and we can see Jesus right there in that doorway, and you like having him out there, like hanging around, but you don't want to invite him into the room with us. And I had never heard it explained so simply before, but it hit me so hard. Jesus was not really a part of my life, and I knew it. And I began to pray, and I began to read the scripture, and I kept seeing things that kept turning me back to this idea of full surrender in God, of true repentance and heart change. And I remember one day, it was the worst, best day of my life. We'd had a fight, and I went to hide away in my room, our bedroom, and I shut the door, and I was done. I had thought about it for a long time. I knew how I would do it, but I was going to end my life. I was done. I was ready to give up. I couldn't take the depression anymore, the darkness that hung over my head. It was unbearable. And in that moment, I didn't know what to do. I fell to my knees, and I cried out to God. And I asked God, I said, God, if you can take this from me, if you can, if you can take my depression from me, if you can heal me of my addictions... If you can make this miraculous change in my life, I, I will follow you for the rest of my days. I will. I give myself to you. In that moment, I tell you right then and there, that moment of full surrender, I felt the weight that I had carried with me for so many years lift off me. I knew something had changed, something miraculous had happened. I didn't fully understand it. But the next day, I quit taking my depression medication. I normally wouldn't recommend that, to just stop taking your medication, but I knew, for some reason, it just couldn't help me anymore. I stopped drinking immediately. I stopped smoking immediately. Everything, everything I had prayed for and everything that had plagued me fell from me. My chains were broken. I didn't experience any kind of withdrawal. I can't explain that. It's miraculous. It's a miracle. I've never had depression since. I've never gone back to those things. It's been many years now. And I can say that I am truly a new creation in Christ. Now, it was about a year after that that I was called into ministry. And I fought that as well, but God said something very clear to me, and so I surrendered, and I went to seminary. 
And it was in seminary that I realized this call to Japan. So can we get the next slide, please? So you might be wondering, why Japan? Maybe you think of Honda, Toyota. Maybe you think of sushi, anime. But Japan is a wealthy nation. Japan, Japan is a nation that doesn't have a lot of needs. And, and when we send missionaries out, usually we're sending to poor countries. We're trying to give them clean water, build schools, give them uh, food, medical care. But we often neglect the rich nations. But you might be thinking, you know, is there really a need in Japan? Next slide, please. Yes, there is a need in Japan. Uh, the total population in Japan is 124.7 million, but of that population, only 1% is Christian. In fact, Japan has a negative evangelical growth rate, so each year the number of Christians is declining. So although it is a nation of wealth, similar to the U.S., there is a poverty of the spirit. Um, there is a high rate of depression and suicide in the nation of Japan. And in fact, they have one of the highest suicide rates in the world. The photo that you can see on the slide um, is in what's termed suicide forest in Japan. And it's so named because it is the most used suicide site in the world. Um, an entire family lined their shoes up on a mossy root before they went into the forest to commit suicide together. They had just gotten to the point that um, they felt there was no hope. And so even the small children went in with their parents to commit suicide. And sadly, situations like this are common in Japan. We get our next slide. But God is working in Japan through missionaries who are bringing the gospel to save souls and give them hope. But how can the people of Japan hear unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? Our next slide, please. And that's why we have joined Sin International. Their mission is to make disciples among the unreached. Um, Japan is considered one of the largest unreached people groups in the world. Um, and specifically, Sin International has a goal to plant five new churches in Tokyo by 2030. Um, and we will be part of that ministry. We've also partnered with SIN because they will offer language learning and courses to help prepare us to minister to the people in Japan. Um, so one thing about the people of Japan is they are very friendly. Um, they enjoy Western culture. But when it comes to religion, they tend to be very closed off. So unless you can speak the language and understand their culture, you're not going to be able to communicate with them that way. And that's why it was so important to us to learn the language and the culture of the people that we will be ministering to. Um, my dad, and maybe many of you um, may be thinking this, my father asked me, he said, well, why don't you just go and preach? Why don't you just go to Japan and preach? Um, and we did consider that. Um, but after looking into the history and the culture of the people, um, we knew that that would not be the most effective way to minister, to just kind of throw ourselves out there. Um, so again, this is a difficult group to reach. That is one of the reasons they're still the, one of the largest unreached people groups in the world. Uh, we're excited to partner with SIN because they do have a long history in Japan. Um, SIN International actually sent the first missionaries to Japan shortly after World War II, but it has been a very long process, again, due to some of the cultural and language barriers. 
But we are excited that we'll partner with um, an organization that has that history so that we can be most effective. Next slide, please. So our ministry in Japan, um, like she said, we, we are going there as long-term missionaries. So we're not going there for a week or two. So next year, our family, we're moving to Tokyo. And we will be there um, for our first time around will be four years. And we plan actually probably to do more. So it is a long-term game. It is not a short-term thing where you can just show up on a street corner and start preaching. Like she said, there's a lot of involvement in the community there and understanding them as a people and building relationships that has to happen. This little boy right here in the middle, he's uh, wearing a Japanese kimono. I began with a story about Yoshie Suzaki. This little boy right here is Yoshie's Sorry. That's Yoshie's That's Yoshie's grandson. Now Yoshie's grandson grew up to become a minister. He heard the story of his grandmother's faith. And he now seeks to take the gospel back to his grandmother's people. That little boy is me. Yoshie was my grandmother. And so when I went into seminary and I had no idea what God was calling me to, <laughs> I thought maybe I'd come out of a little small town pastor, maybe a little church out in the country. But when I got into seminary, I had a missions pastor there that began to teach me how God uses the scattering of people groups throughout the world to also spread the gospel throughout the world. And as he began to dig into my life and he learned that I had a Japanese grandmother, he began to show me and reveal to me God's plan. How God not only saved my grandmother's soul, he didn't only bring her here to save her soul or my mother's soul, or my soul, not all of us alone, but also he brought her here so that the gospel could change her life and so that her grandson would become a minister and take the gospel back to her people. The time wasn't right for my grandmother to do that. But God's timing is perfect. And I can see now looking back how, as Abby shared, looking back, you can see how God has his hand on your whole life. Abby felt a call to ministry, or to missions, and she, she didn't fully understand it because she couldn't see it in her life. She couldn't see the evidence in her life. She waited, and she waited. What was she waiting on? God had a plan, but I wasn't ready. She was waiting on me to catch up. And now he's bringing our stories together and my grandmother's story, and he's saying, the time is now. I don't know what will happen in Japan. But we're going to plant churches, we're going to preach the gospel, and it is my prayer that we're going to save souls. Not us, Jesus, but Jesus working through us. So that's the mission, and that's what missions is all about, the Great Commission, right? Let's be about God's work. Next slide, please. So, 
you can be a part of what we're doing. We need you to connect us with people you know that would also like to take part in this ministry, maybe even other churches. Uh, we need you to pray for us. And we also need financial commitment. Next slide, please. And as far as connecting goes, this, this woman right here, her name is Alice. That's my mom. This is Yoshie's daughter, my mom. She was able to connect with her family years after my grandmother passed. So this man that she's with here is her cousin, Hidetoshi, who lives in Japan. So she went over there. This, the really, really cool thing about this story is that that Japanese Bible that saved my grandmother, she left it there with her cousin and his family. Isn't that cool? Next slide, please. We also need and covet your prayers. Um, so this ministry will not be possible without prayer. Um, and so at, after um, the service today, we do have a prayer shine-up sheet if anyone is feeling called to pray for us. Uh, we know sometimes that's difficult, so what we have encouraged people to do is just sign up for one day a month. Um, it can be a date that's important to you. It can be your anniversary. Um, I always joke maybe it's the birthday of your favorite child. Um, what, whatever um, you remember you don't have most. One of those. Yeah. <laughs> whatever you would remember most. But we know that God works mighty things through prayer. And it can be one of the most effective ways to sustain a ministry. So if you're interested um, in signing up for that, um, we can connect you with that after the service. We also send out a newsletter, and we are on Facebook. If you would like to follow us on Facebook and just connect with us that way through social media. Our next slide, please. All right, our ministry in Japan will also not be possible without generous gifts from others. Hosting Bible studies, building churches, and ministering to the people of Japan comes with a cost, but one that we feel is so much worth it um, as, as we've been called to this ministry. Um, SEND relies primarily upon the generous gifts of others to financially support its ministries. This particular mission organization does not receive funding through Annie Armstrong or Lottie Moon, so it does depend on individuals or churches who feel called to invest in this ministry. Um, so we would like to ask if you would consider joining in the ministry at one of these amounts to help save the people of Japan. Our next slide, please. If you are interested or if you feel called to partner in this ministry, please know that it's easy, it's tax deductible, um, we can show you how to do this online, and your money will go directly toward the Japan ministry. So if you're interested, we do have cards we can give you at the end of the service where you can learn more information. And our next slide. So you probably don't read Japanese. We're, we're learning. We barely do, but we're learning. So that just says, arigato gozaimasu, which means thank you very much. Um, I do want to leave you with something. If you are in a dark place in your life, the kind of place that I was in for many, many years, Maybe you're in grief. Maybe you've lost someone. If you're suffering, if you're in a valley, I promise you that God has a plan and a purpose for you. I want to encourage you to persevere and stick it out. Lean into God. 
When I was there in the midst of it all, I couldn't see an end, and I couldn't understand it. I thought God had cursed me. I thought God had hated me. God sees you if you are hurting. God loves you. And although I couldn't see a purpose for it then, looking back, it's so clear. We shared with you how the people of Japan, they have one of the highest suicide rates in the world. Do you think it's any coincidence that I about killed myself? They're a nation riddled with depression and anxiety. My heart goes out to them. They are suffering. They don't know the living God. They have no hope. It's no coincidence that I went through that. It's my hope and prayer that my testimony will speak to their hearts. And I believe that it will. And if you are suffering, I tell you, God can use your suffering for something great. There is an end, there is a hope, and there is a purpose for your suffering. So I want to encourage you with that. The other thing is this. We talked about wrestling, the message to the kids, wrestling with God. I wrestled and I wrestled and I wrestled. I wrestled <laughs> so long, so hard, to the point where I couldn't take it anymore and I was about to give up. If you have been sitting in church all your life and you're trying to figure out what all of this means to you, why is it that Jesus is so important. Why is it that people keep coming here and you can't quite understand it? Maybe you have some vague idea. Maybe you understand the concept of it, but you haven't figured out how to have a relationship with God. Maybe you're struggling with that. Maybe it's a matter of repentance. Maybe you're struggling with sin you don't want to let go of. But I tell you, if you are Let go of that and give yourself to God completely. There is a peace that passes understanding. It was a peace that I didn't know I could have, and you can have it too. So surrender your life to God, and it may lead you on a crazy journey. <laughs> it may lead you to seminary. It may lead you to another country, or it may lead you down the road, down the street, and maybe your neighbor. But surrender fully to God. He loves you and he has a future for you. He has a purpose for you. We want to thank you so much for having us come share this story with you. We'll be praying for Crestview Baptist. We appreciate you and we just ask that you would also pray for us. Please come and talk to us. And thanks for having us here. God bless. I'm not used to holding one of these things now. I don't want to get... One thing that they did not share with you, but you know, you've heard me say this many times. Salvation is free. Jesus paid the price for that on the cross. However, 
fully surrendering to him will cost you something. This is not just a man and his wife going to Japan. You see, Abby is Dr. Abby Garlock with the nursing school at Gardner-Webb. She is totally surrendering her career there at Gardner-Webb to go to reach people in Japan. They are leaving their son, Phineas, here to go to school. I heard a long time ago when you tell God and you surrender to God, you better be ready to move. Not just physically move to do what He's calling you to do, but move physically in. You may have to pack up and go and leave everything that you know to serve God. But you know something? Jesus is worth it. Jesus is worth it. As Sandra leads us in this invitational hymn, I know God's calling people in this church to do something. I don't know what that is. I also know there's people in this church that are wrestling with God. Because I do it all the time. And Chad was right. The sooner you surrender, the easier and the happier you are. And I know there's people wrestling. Just surrender and let God have his way. This is your opportunity to do work with God, whatever he's asking of you. Do work with God right now. The altar is open as we sing this song. Would you stand as we sing hymn 559, Rescue the Perishing, 
Jesus will save. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Brandon and Abby, for coming and sharing with us. I'm going to ask if you guys would mind going with Ginger and going out to the front. People will come by, speak to you. They will have the information. Listen, I know that our church gives to Annie Armstrong. We give to Lottie Moon. We give to the cooperative program. But I'm also going to tell you this. Southern Baptists don't have a lock on Mission Field. And there's a lot of organizations out there, such as SIN, that are doing great work for the kingdom of God. I also know that our church has a, a history of supporting missions and sending money to, to Nicaragua, to sending money to, to Russia, to the Ukraine, to Africa. And I'm telling you, as often as I can get missionaries in front of our church to share what they are doing, I'm going to do it every opportunity I have because we need to know. They, they said that Japan is one, among one of the largest unreached people groups. What I found out this past week by doing research, preparing for them to come, Japan is the second largest unreached people group in the world. The second largest. So if you feel led to help them, support them, please do so. And we are going to see if there's anything that we can do as a church as a whole as well. But sign up for their prayer, support, their newsletters. Talk to them outside on your way out. But I thank you for being here. Don't forget, kids, husbands, Mother's Day is in two weeks. Don't forget, because the old adage, if mama's not happy, they ain't nobody happy. You forget Mother's Day and see how unhappy your house gets. Mother's Day. Brandon's grandmother, she got saved. Guess what happened to the rest of the family? They got saved. Because of the grandmother. So please, please, don't forget your mothers. And then Joy is not here today, so I'm going to ask Jim if he would dismiss us in prayer. Pray with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the, the testimony we've heard this morning from Brandon and Abby. We thank you for the example of complete surrender that they're showing us. Help us to search our hearts, Lord, and, and have that same complete surrender to your guidance. And as we depart from this building, help us to remember that we are the church. We take you with us when we leave. Help us to show Christ to everyone we encounter and to seek your will for our lives and be willing to give up everything that we are and, we, and that we have to serve you. For it's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. <clears throat>